And we're on the verge. They're going to be voting on different voting bills this week. And right now it's 12.06 on this sunny Tuesday. And uh, someone that has experience with this, and I want to thank Representative Patricia Morgan, who's leading the charge at the Rhode Island State House. And on the line with us right now, he is the Secretary of State for the state of Alabama. We want to say good afternoon to Secretary John Merrill. Good afternoon, Secretary Merrill. John, how are you? Very well. Very well, Mr. Secretary. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, Rhode Island is moving into some uncharted waters where they want to start to make it state law on certain voting provisions. And from what I understand, in the state of Alabama, you run a very secure, fair uh, elections and have certain election laws that make sense. John, you're very kind. I will tell you that we are both honored and delighted to be recognized for the great work we've done in election integrity over the last six years, two months, and 11 days. I've had the privilege to serve as Alabama's Secretary of State, and everything that we've done since I've been the Secretary has been designed to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat in our state. And we have worked extraordinarily hard to ensure that each and every eligible U.S. citizen that's a resident of Alabama is registered to vote and has a photo ID. And, and look, since January the 19th, 2015, we've registered 1,818,555 new voters. We now have a state record 3,585,688 registered voters. Uh, 96% of all eligible African Americans in our state are registered to vote. 91% of all eligible whites are registered to vote. And 94% of all eligible Alabamians are registered to vote. And uh, I don't know how many of your listeners are familiar with college athletics, but when we produce that kind of work in our state, we say roll tide. <laughs> that is exactly right, Mr. Secretary. Could you touch on, is ballot harvesting, is that allowed in the state of Alabama? It is not allowed in our state, nor do we encourage it in any state in the union, because it is obviously an attempt to defraud and introduce nefarious activities into the elections process and so we fight hard against that effort not just in alabama but wherever we see it being introduced in the nation and that's one of the problems in rhode island where the campaigns are allowed to ballot harvest for those that are on don't understand they allow campaign workers to go out register people to vote and then actually collect their mail ballot from them and Mr. Secretary, as you can imagine, uh, that leads to, as you say, nefarious activity where there are campaigns where they pay people by the vote. So if you go out and they'll pay you $15 a ballot, so then you go out and, you know, you get uh, whatever, 1,000 ballots, what have you. You can see where then people start to skirt the law and it becomes like a cottage industry. Absolutely it is. You just described it perfectly, which is one of the reasons that we're opposed to it. We believe in one person, one vote. We don't believe that one person should be able to gather additional votes from people, mark their ballots, or pay those individuals, give them a fifth of whiskey, give them a six-pack of beer, give them a carton of cigarettes or a carton of red man, uh, give them $20 or whatever it happens to be in order to get that person to vote on their behalf. That's not acceptable, and it's not the way that our founding fathers intended for it to happen. Folks, we're speaking with Secretary of State of Alabama. It's John Merrill. Mr. Secretary, also, where is your state regarding uh, mail ballots? Now, Rhode Island, it's always been a problem, and now they've moved into, they want to make it law that it doesn't even have to be notarized. So, in essence, an X also can serve as a signature. Many of these mail ballot and mail ballot applications that went out, mail ballots that came in, there's really no real legitimate way to figure out and tell whether or not these are, in fact, legitimate mail ballots. You are correct, John, and that's one of the reasons that we saw problems in Pennsylvania. We saw problems in Michigan. We saw problems in Wisconsin. We saw problems in Georgia. And in our state, we use an absentee process that first requires an application where the voter has to indicate a reason why he or she is actually voting absentee. It has to qualify for one of those purposes. After that's done, then when they submit their, and, and they have to submit a valid photo, copy of their photo ID with that application, when they submit their ballot, 
the affidavit envelope, the excuses are also having to be checked. And then at that point, when it's received, that ballot had to be notarized or two witnesses had to say they knew who the voter was when they submitted the ballot. Mm. Now, another problem that we've had in Rhode Island are these drop boxes. Now, it's my understanding they were actually implemented to... But John, uh, before we continue with drop boxes, yes. friend, let, let me share something else with you. Because there's some listeners out there in Newport and Providence or somewhere that's listening to us. And they're saying, you know, I, I hear what that boy's saying, but one of the things that concerns me is how that's keeping people from voting. Well, what your listeners may not be aware of is that I talked about our record number of voter registration and how it empirically has designated that Alabama has led the nation in that regard in the last six years and two months and 11 days. But your listeners also need to know in that same period of time, we've broken every record in the history of the state for voter participation with our photo ID requirements and these other things that I've introduced to you that make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. So empirically, we can prove that it's not a deterrent to participation and that our numbers continue to increase on participation across the board. So I want to make sure that your folks know that as well. I appreciate that, Mr. Secretary. What about speaking of that, is anyone a reg- uh, allowed to register to vote in Rhode Island? They don't have a record that anyone is turned away. Basically, anyone that signs up to vote, whether they're documented, undocumented, uh, could live in another state, no one is turned away from registering John, that's to a vote. problem, my friend. Let yeah. me tell you why it's a problem, okay? Now, in Alabama, and I said this just a minute ago when I told you about our numbers, but if you want to be a registered voter in Alabama, first of all, you got to be a citizen of the United States. Then you have to be a resident of Alabama where you live. And then you have to reside within the jurisdiction where you're participating in the electoral process. Now, my question is, in Rhode Island, that maybe maybe y'all prefer this. Maybe you like to have the people that are in the Rotary Club elect the president of the Exchange Club. Maybe in Rhode Island, y'all like to have the people that attend the Catholic Church determine who the minister's going to be in the Protestant Church. In Rhode Island, maybe y'all like to determine who's going to be the mayor of Newport determined by the people that live in Providence. But in Alabama, we don't like that. We like our people making our decisions about our people. And I don't know how you can get effective government unless you have people that are representing you that live in your area that understand what your needs are. Yep. No, I agree with you, Mr. Secretary. Let me also ask you this. And again, folks, we're speaking with Secretary John May, uh, Merrill. He's Secretary of State for the state of Alabama. By the way, that is considered uh, one of the finest as far as how they conduct their elections. But Secretary, on, our, um, on the form that someone has to fill out, it does say if this is incorrect by penalty, you could be penalized penalty of perjury if you fill this out. However, in the last 25 years... No one has ever been per, uh, prosecuted for perjury in filling out the, uh, you know, the the registration to vote. Uh, have you, does the state of Alabama, have you ever gone after someone for fraudulent voting? Absolutely. John, since I've been the secretary, we've had six convictions on voter fraud. Wow. We've had three elections overturned. We've led the nation in election integrity. And John, that's just one of the reasons why. In the 2020 election cycle, Alabama was recognized as the premier state in the union for election security and integrity. Hmm. And we take a lot of pride in that because, John, we want everybody to vote, but just one time. And we want everybody that's eligible to vote to be registered and then cast their ballot for the candidate of their choice. And we don't think it's too much to make sure that you are properly registered after we determine whether or not you're a citizen and a resident of the state. How are the voting rolls in the state of Alabama? Now, in Rhode Island, according to the census, there should be 545,000 registered voters on the voting rolls. But, however, there's 800,000 people on the voting rolls. It's bloated by close to or over 300,000. How are the Alabama voting rolls? John, that's another problem, my friend. Now, what I didn't share with you, I told you about our record numbers of registering folks to vote. But what I didn't tell you 
was that in that same period of time, for six years, two months, and 11 days, we've removed more than 1.3 million people from wow. the voter rolls. Holy And cow. we've removed those people because they've moved away, they've passed away, or they've been put away. Hmm. And whenever that happens, they need to come off the voter rolls. Yep. The basic foundational principle for successful administration of the election process is the voting roll and ensuring that it's properly maintained. As you watched... Uh, some of the election, you know, in, in the aftermath of the presidential election around the country. I'm just curious, what were some of your observations with certain states and some of the problems that you saw they encountered that you've been able to avoid in the state of Alabama? John, the biggest problem that we saw in the states that had issues were that uh, we had states that weren't even following their own laws. I mean, they were making up laws as they went, or they were trying to change the laws to make it easier for people and quote unquote to participate in the process because of the pandemic. Now we modified our election administrative procedure, but we invoked title 17-11-3, which enabled our people to vote through the absentee process by all declaring one particular excuse instead of having to mark one of the 10 that's available. But what we saw all across the union was people that sacrificed security, accountability, and transparency for accessibility and availability of the ballot. And you can never sacrifice security, transparency, and accountability for anything if you want to have a successful administration of the election. What is your thought on uh, unnotarized mail ballots? Look, Anytime you don't have a secure process in place, if you don't have a notary requirement, if you don't have the witness requirement, you're setting yourself up for nefarious activity to occur, fraudulent behavior to be introduced, and the result being a election that has been fraught with speculation about whether or not the results were actually accurate and should reflect the will of the people. Yep. And that's not acceptable. In the state of Alabama, uh, Mr. Secretary, what about drop boxes? Now, the way it was explained to me was one of the reasons in Rhode Island why it was set up was to avoid any charge of mail fraud. If you mail a fraudulent ballot through the mail, at the very least you'll be charged with mail fraud. But what happens is when you have the campaigns that ballot harvest, they then will dump 500 to 1,000 ballots in these drop boxes. Yes, and, and John, we do not have drop boxes. The only drop boxes you can use in Alabama to return ballots are the blue ones that are provided by the United States Postal Service. I like it. And you have postage on there. You drop them there, and you can hand deliver them if you would like, but only the voter can hand deliver it. And if you mail it, you can only mail one inside one envelope. Mm. And that's it. Mr. Secretary, before I let you go, and I cer we certainly appreciate the time, folks. He is Secretary of State for the state of Alabama. It's John Merrill. I want to thank Representative Patricia Morgan for making the interview possible. But, Mr. Secretary, they, they want to uh, also introduce non-ID voting, somehow claiming that there are all these people functioning in society who have no legal form of ID. Now, I'll be honest, I, I don't know how, if you don't have an ID, you can't. Uh, but get on a plane, you can't get a vaccine, you can't have a bank account. I don't see, and they give them out free, I don't see how anyone is functioning in society without some form of legal ID. John, anybody that says that they don't need an ID to participate in the electoral process is setting it up for nefarious intent. There's no other reason to do it. I mean, some of these same people that are saying that we don't need voter ID in Rhode Island are people that say yeah, but you need the passport vaccine proof in order to be able to go to public events that's in the right. future. And, and look, my friend, that's a real problem for us. And, mm. and I will say this to you. In Alabama, what we've done is we visit all 67 counties at least one time every year to deliver our voter IDs for free to people that need them. And, and 
we run a campaign every year with notable people from our state to make sure that folks know that the campaign is going on so they can get an ID. And if they say, well, I can't go to the festivals, I can't go to the events or activities where you'll be, I can't uh, go to the location that you've established just for voter ID delivery, in the rare instances where that's been introduced to us, we've gone to these people's homes and we've given them free voter IDs at their home at an assigned time that's convenient for them. And we'll continue to do that. Folks, he is the Secretary of State, and they're lucky to have him. It's uh, Secretary of State of Alabama, John Merrill. Mr. Secretary, I can't thank you enough. Uh, certainly appreciate the insight you've given us. Uh, continue, much continued success, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again sometime. John, I appreciate it, and I want to thank Representative Morgan, Nardone, and Roberts for their efforts in this important legislation. You reach out to us anytime. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Secretary. All right. Thank you, folks. There it is. He is uh, the Secretary of State. Boy, that is um, incredible from the state of Alabama, and that is Secretary John Merrill. Now, folks, you just heard. Now, think of that. They are considered one of the more, and again, folks, uh, we normally don't just jump into an interview like that, but when you get someone like that, this is wildly important. Good afternoon to everybody tuning in and everybody tuning in on Facebook Live. How about a thumbs up on uh, Facebook Live if you enjoyed? Now, that's the Secretary of State. Now, that is a leader. That is someone that wants to have fair elections. That is someone uh, without question that, you know, folks, those are buttoned up elections. That was remarkable. We will have that available. Uh, we'll put it up on the website uh, sometime later this afternoon. But, folks, again, right now it's 1222. Good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro on this sunny Tuesday. This portion of the program, boy, he was fantastic. Imagine having elections like that. I mean, folks, that's what I'm talking about. We are like third world. We are absolutely operating like third world compared to there's the state of Alabama. No one is being disenfranchised. No one is, uh, you know, being left out of the system. They're having elections that mean something. They're having elections with integrity. This portion of the program is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, Rhode Island's number one garden center. They're open for the season. Stop in and see their beautiful selection of pansies, pansy, pansy flats, pansy bags, hangers and bowls, assorted colors, Easter plants, tulips, hyacinthias, daffodils, hydrangeas, all colors available, such as blue, white, and pink. They carry many landscape materials also, screen loom, black and brown hemlocks and mulch, crushed stone. Look for them on Facebook, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. See everything they have available. They're open every day. Stop in there right off of Route 4, right in North Kingstown. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Look for their Facebook page, and you can call them at 295-4399. Rhode Island's number one garden center, <coughs> excuse me, is open with PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Now, that is the Secretary of State. There is someone, the person we just spoke to, John Merrill. Now, that guy, folks, think of that. Now, if we had those type of provisions... In Rhode Island. And by the way, I want to credit, it is uh, Representative Patricia Morgan. She reached out to him, put him in touch with me. He's going to testify because at the Rhode Island State House, everything I was just telling you, they don't allow it. They don't allow it. At the Rhode Island State House, Nellie Gorbia, they want to push forth voting without an ID. They want to do these unnotarized mail ballots. We have to stop the ballot harvesting where the campaigns collect thousands of ballots and then they turn them in. We've also heard Secretary of State Nellie Gorbia that she's now going around Meals on Wheels and wants to deliver meals to the people on Meals on Wheels. And the reason to do it is then they want to use that address and then they will claim them as a voter. And, and, and none of this is above board and none of it is good. So, folks, good afternoon. It's 1225 on this sunny Tuesday. It's John DePietro. This portion of the program, folks, is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Remember what we say, when your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I mentioned this last hour, folks, the situation with... The Providence school system and the union there. Now, I know many of you are saying, Juan, I don't live in Providence. 
or I do, and I don't send my kids to the public schools. I get that. I get that. However, we do pay for it. Okay, you're paying for it. The Providence schools get an awful lot of money. And right now, Dan McGowan has a great piece in this morning's Boston Globe section where they cover Rhode Island. How Rhode Island's takeover, the Providence schools unraveled before it got started. And, and maybe you do or don't remember, but it was the spring of 2019 when that John Hopkins report came out, May of 2019. And then you have the new education commissioner. And everyone was rallying together and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, the state then took it over in November of 19. And then last year was the pandemic and there was nothing going on. Uh, everything became distance learning. And, and I'll also blame, by the way, Governor Raimondo started this falsehood. Rhode Island's number one in the country in distance learning, as if that means anything. No one believes that. Uh, a lot of the kids, especially I know someone at both Hope High School and Central High School said the kids, many of them, would sign on in the morning and then sign off at 9 o'clock and they're gone. Gone for the day. There's been no learning at all. But what's been happening, you want to talk about a waste since, listen to this, since August. So the, the, the school contract should have been up in August. But because Governor Raimondo signed that evergreen provision, which means contracts never end, and that's on her. That's on Gina Raimondo that signed that. She cut a deal with the teachers unions in order to get their endorsement for her bid for governor. She agreed to that evergreen provision, which means the contracts never ends. It just stays in place. And by the way, in Providence, they've had that for a while. Um, When David Cicilline became the mayor, he wouldn't sign off on a new contract with the Providence firefighters. And they were even on Branch Avenue, I believe, on North Main Street, keeping a posting. 100 days without a contract, 200 days, 500. The, The real truth is their old contract never ended. And Cicilline, who was then fighting with them the entire time, once he then wanted to run for Congress, then he cut a deal with the Providence. See, they waited him out. So now you have a situation with the new governor. The state has taken it over. But I want to point you to something that's very important that Dan McGowan unveiled this morning. So since August, really August 31st, September, they've had 300 hours of negotiating. And this, and this is ridiculous. I spoke to someone who's, who is a negotiator that said very early on, you can tell, like, as they say, if, are we even standing in the same room? Meaning, like, some of the demands are just so outrageous. There's that great scene in the movie Civil Action, you know, with John Travolta and the water up in, uh, I think it was Woburn, and then um, Robert Duvall is sitting there, and John Travolta just keeps going on and on with these demands. And Robert Duvall, they say, do you have any questions or reaction? He's like, can I keep this pen? And then he walks out of the room. He's like, this is a really nice ballpoint pen. And the reason was, is they were so far off. In his mind, like this isn't even worth discussing. What what are we doing here? How much do you want? No, they were prepared to settle and you come out with these outrageous amounts. Well, anyhow, someone who is a negotiator told me 300 hours. He said in the first 10, they could have established that they they were never coming together. But being that as it may, I'll tell you how bad things are. And this is embarrassing. This is in the Boston Globe. The two sides still meet twice a week at the union headquarters. They sit in separate rooms. And a mediator, former state Supreme Court Justice Frank Flaherty, walks back and forth to present proposals to each group. That should not be allowed. Listen to what I'm saying right now at 1229 on this Tuesday. That should never have been allowed. Listen, you're supposed to be professionals. My God, you're representing teachers. What kind of example does that set to the students? You can't sit in the same room? Oh, my God. I mean, if folks, if this were, can you imagine Belichick and a player says, we hate you so much, we're going to sit in the next room as you bring the proposals back. Wouldn't be allowed. It shouldn't be tolerated. No, 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 no. Governor McKee should say everybody's in the same room. Like, this, what is this? You're in one room, we're in the other. We despise you so much. And now they're saying, oh, we, we don't want the state takeover. We want the city of Providence. Well, it seems to be a little late on that. Separate rooms for the negotiation shouldn't be allowed. And then he has to walk back and forth. No, everybody in the room, if you can't, 
handle being in the room with the other party, then find someone else who can, because that's unprofessional. I'll say it. And I think they're going to run into some problems with who represents them anyway. Uh, Not exactly, you know, for the people that preach diversity, that's not the most diverse group I've ever seen. Uh, As a matter of fact, everybody's white. If this were a Republican delegation, oh, my God, you'd be hearing about white supremacy and everything else. So you, you, they have to walk back and forth because they can't. And this is on a school contract. OK, when they are having meetings to end a war, they sit in the same room that should never have been allowed. Wrong. We want to sit in a separate room and then get someone else. Someone else needs to represent you. But I'll tell you one of the problems. Providence School Board President Nick Hemmen, who functions as a liaison between the union and management. Oh, yeah. And he's been doing a great job 300 hours later where they're now in separate rooms. Ever since this took control, he should be taken. He should be taken out of there. He's obviously not up to the task. Both sides need to be more reasonable with their expectations. Uh, It was described as one of the worst school systems in the country. Who is it that needs to be more reasonable? Listen to this line. Nick Hemmen, Providence School Board President, who should not be in that role. He should not be in that role. He's in over his head. I'll say it. Listen to this. He said he considers the union to be good partners with with the district. Let me ask you a question. If you have the fourth worst school district in the country... Described as education hell, education nightmare, where less than 5% of the students are performing at grade level. If they're good partners, my question for Nick Hemmen would be, what would be a bad partner? What would a bad partner be? If they're considered good partners who won't sit in the same room, where you've had 300 hours of negotiations and now neither side is even talking, be a, what's a bad partner? Is that someone who doesn't show up or someone who what, you know, starts shooting or stabbing the other side? If they're good, part, I mean, when does this foolishness, are you living in reality? When does it end? Now, I also want to play, folks. I'm, I have the right to. I was the one who was at the, uh, boy, he was terrific. Look at that. There's uh, John Merrill, the Secretary of State. He uh, just tweeted out, I enjoyed being on the John DePietro show. He was fantastic. Let me just, fantastic uh, public official. And he was. Wasn't that guy great? Could you imagine if we had someone like that? Wow. He was excellent. Maybe I'll follow him. Um, Maybe I will, actually. Yeah. Boy, that is a secretary. Now, they have real elections. See, we need that, folks, because it's going to slip away. And again, I want to give credit to Representative Patricia Morgan, who she's the one trying to lead the charge. She's getting him to testify at the Rhode Island Committee hearing, and they need to hear from him. No one's being left behind. But I want to go back to March 4th. I asked Education Commissioner Afonte Green, with all these negotiations, if this was a baseball game. Now, this was March 4th. Where are we in the game? Not been in school all year. They have not in Massachusetts. In just regards to the Providence contract, if this were a nine-inning baseball game, in your mind, where are we in that game? Because it's it's coming up on two years. Where there was the Wall Street Journal education horror show nightmare. At the end of last year, you said, if we don't see action, I'm going to take drastic action. Where are we with that contract? We're in the ninth inning. We're in the ninth inning. Yeah, and we've been negotiating. Yeah, ninth inning. Um, The superintendent said, we're nowhere. The superintendent told the Boston Globe, we are absolutely nowhere with this. We we haven't made any progress. But you can't let it, you know, you can't let it go on for 300 hours. Like, what are we talking about? No, He, he said it best. The superintendent, Peters, we're not anywhere. We're just not anywhere. I mean, you got to know. Now, maybe she could try to say that was Infante Green. She could try to say, well, I was just trying to be up. Let's 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 we are adults. You're an adult. I'm an adult. Let's deal in reality. Let's deal in reality. Shall we? I think people can handle it. I know they can. People can handle the truth. 
don't tell us the ninth inning when when neither side could actually you're not even sitting in the same room. That that's that's a problem. That's like the expression. We're not talking apples and oranges. That's apples and trucks. Like this is they're so far apart. You're not ninth inning. Now, maybe she doesn't realize that maybe she thinks that baseball counts down. You start in the ninth inning and then it's the eighth inning and then the seventh and the sixth. I'll give her benefit of the doubt. Maybe she thought, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, all right. We're in the first inning. Folks, I want to remind you on this uh, sunny Tuesday about it's my health. Maybe right now you're riding along 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland right across from the great Davenport restaurant, it's my health. It's a sunny Tuesday. Shop local. You don't have to order online. Pop in and see Marie. Vitamins, herbal remedies, local products like the incredible acai berry. Pick up a bottle today from Marie at It's My Health. Also available, by the way, at Dave's in East Greenwich. It's my health. She has hemp and CBD products. She has natural skincare products, essential oils, body oils, soaps. Is it someone's birthday? You know what you could get is a nice gift. And it's my health. They also have local honey. You know what makes a great gift? Maybe you want to just, it's spring, you want to buy, maybe you're going to stop in and see someone. You just want to get some, like a nice little thing to bring them. She has local maple syrup. That's a great gift. I would love that. If someone said, hey, Juan, next time you're going to have pancakes, here's some fresh uh, local maple syrup. I would love that. Be fresh gum, skin brushes, the herbs and teas and spices. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right in that old white church. Stop in and see her today. Well, folks, it's 1237. Um, I am going to play the info about the CDC, and um, which is disgraceful. And I, I also, folks, I've been, um, I have been, I, I would say I've been supportive. I've been supportive of the efforts. Early on, I was disagreeing with many of you about uh, the situation with Dr. Fauci, but they're, they're losing me now, the CDC, because we, we have the vaccine. <laughs> the number of deaths are way down. We're not, those other countries that are having the, the big, now they're calling it the fourth wave, they don't have access to the vaccine the way we do. This is one of the beautiful elements of the, the United States of America. This is, and that is, one of the legacies of, in fact, President Trump who he promised to get us the vaccine, and he did. So, uh, but this business of all this doom and gloom, and, and, and I'll also say the media has failed because someone was saying, well, 10 and 14-year-olds are testing positive with no, no, side, no effects, no symptoms. President Trump said, the more you test, the more you're going to find people positive. You have children that now, they went on a trip, vacation with their family. They got tested before they went. They got tested when they get back. They're testing positive, but they're fine. They're not in the hospital. They're not on a ventilator, right? You have a kid, 12 kids, 14 years old. They want to play spring sports. Everybody's getting tested. They test positive. No headache, no sore throat, no shortness of breath. They just happen, so they have to quarantine for a couple, for a week, or whatever it is now, five days, seven days, and then they're fine. That is true, but no, the hospitals are not full. This was, The whole lockdown was about the hospitals, overflowing hospitals. We don't have that. So I will play the sound of, um, I'll play it right now. This new director of the CDC, it's, um, what, what is this? She's like almost crying. She was almost crying talking about it, this uh, Rochelle Walensky. I'm going to pause here. I'm going to lose the script. And I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. We have so much to look forward to. Impending doom. So much promise and potential of where we are. And so much reason for hope. But right now I'm scared. Um, I know what it's like as a physician to stand in that patient room, gowned, gloved, masked, shielded. And to be the last person to touch someone else's loved one because their loved one couldn't be there. That's the way down. I know what it's like when you're the physician, when you're the healthcare provider, and you're worried that you don't have the resources to take care of the patients in front of you. I know that feeling of nausea when you read the crisis standards of care and you wonder whether there are going to be enough ventilators to go around and who's going to make that choice. And I know what it's like to pull up to your hospital every day and see the extra morgue sitting outside. I'm gonna pause here, 
I'm going to lose the script, and I'm going to reflect on the you know, Yeah, we heard that. Well, the fact is, we don't we don't share the impending doom. Okay, we don't share the impending doom uh, by any stretch of the imagination. It's not even close. If anything, the numbers are way down. I think the state. I think it was up to me, Rhode Island, Mass. We should just open everything back up. Listen, in Florida, things are open, but people are still showing caution. Um, you know, you still wear the mask. Those that, that, you know, people have to be careful. You still do the distancing. But there's no reason to have everything closed up the way it is. And I think Governor McKee ought to push back against Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott in the Rhode Island Department of Health and saying, listen, I, we've listened to you. Do you know that Texas and Tennessee have gotten rid of the masks and their numbers have not gone up? California, New York. You still have to wear the mask and their numbers, their numbers are going up. So and California continues to be a mess. And no one wants to talk about all the illegals coming over the border that have COVID. And also they don't they don't live the way we do. They don't have the type of hygiene that we do for different reasons. They don't have access. They don't have in some of these countries hot showers and running water and everything else so they're not as accustomed to you're always washing your hands and bathing every day and some people shower twice a day and they don't have that now folks i also um posted a good story on the website to petro.com check it out remember to petro.com which is watched by relaxed souls reflexologist lisa wood Maybe you're someone that you have some kind of aches and pains. Contact her at 401-742-6621. Relaxed Souls, S-O-L-E-S, as in soles of your feet. You can link right through at the website. Reflexology is different from massage because it works on your hands and feet, which are connected to all of your body. Boosts the immune function, face, ears, hands, feet. Reflexology, Lisa Wood. Contact her, 401-742-6621. How about the fact that in um, in Georgia, all we keep hearing about, folks, is January 6th. All you keep hearing about is white supremacy and white supremacy and the white supremacy and white privilege. And they want to start to teach children in school that how about the teacher, uh, public school teacher in Rhode Island, the one to go around the room and have all the white students apologize to the black student in the classroom uh, for their, basically for their quote, for their, their white privilege, which is just absolutely um, ridiculous. But I also want to, um, you know, it's just not a, a, a serious person, is when you announce I'm going to choose a woman to be my VP, you eliminate half of the people that might be qualified. When you then say, well, because of George Floyd, who died of a drug overdose, basically, that's what I'm seeing in the trial. Because of that, now we have to pick a woman of color. You end up with Kamala Harris. Listen, she's she's not up for the job. She's not a serious candidate. She ran a lousy campaign. She has this nervous habit that when she's pinned If she's nervous and not sure what to do, she just starts laughing. And sometimes when she's on a talk show with an audience, the people with her, for whatever reason, all start laughing. But then sometimes it just seems just so inappropriate. Here she is. She's being asked about parents and kids in schools. And she just laughs, as Donna Perry said last night, she just laughs at inappropriate times. I wish I would say, what is so funny? Why is that funny? Nora O'Donnell asked her a very serious question. She started laughing. So who said that? Mike Pence. And then, you know, when she's been on with Ellen, she laughs. If she's on with whoever's interviewing her, they always, she just starts laughing all the time. She was on with Rachel Maddow. The two of them are laughing. All this giggling and cackling. So I want to play. This is the vice president of the United States with a guy Serving the president who is clearly not at 100%. I mean, not even close. This is her yesterday. Here we go. Here we go. More people are seeing that, yeah, affordable child care is a big deal. 
more parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to <laughs> and say we're not paying them nearly enough. <laughs> Is that funny? Parents who are desperate to get their children back in the classroom. That, yeah, affordable child care is a big deal. More parents are seeing the value of educators when they had to <laughs> and say, we're not paying them nearly enough. I just can't. I, I don't know who was behind this woman becoming. She She's not a serious person. She ran a failed campaign. Don't tell me about optics. Uh, none of it. It, it is absolutely just, you know, she 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 is not up for the job, but she's in the job and I, she's not going anywhere. Um, I also want to play. Um, this was a back and forth on Fox. Fox is starting to be some tension. Tucker Carlson was on the five yesterday. He started really going after Juan Williams. And then it's kind of carried over of people that go on. And Chris Hahn, and they start, you know, if you're going to go on Fox, you don't need to start name calling and calling names to some of the hosts that are on Fox. That is very irresponsible. People need to get vaccinated. And it's the private, hold on, hold on. It is the private sector that wants to make sure that people coming into their venues are vaccinated so that their patrons can be safe from COVID-19. It is time for conservatives in this country to acknowledge we have a crisis and start joining the fight to end it and stop spreading lies about what's going on in this country. It is devastating this country and blood on the hand of the former guy and others who support him. You're not going to call Tucker Carlson a conspiracy theorist. That is wrong. He is. This is what the Democrats do. They keep calling he is, his name. And you You're are. not going to put up with this. I stand for freedom. I stand for the freedom of the American no. people. Every no, you don't. Day. You're a grifter. This is ridiculous. Let's not do name calling, guys, okay? Let's keep it simple. But I'm not going to be, I'm not going to allow Chris. He does this all the time. To call me, to call Tucker Carlson a liar. Yeah, we don't do name calling. Theories. Okay, we have every right to make this decision. For they are, they our are damaging the effort to get this under control. We are a class <laughs> Boy, that's pretty good. That's pretty good television. Fox News host is uh, Gillian Turner. And that was with Chris Hahn and uh, Mercedes Schlapp, who uh, we've actually even had um, on the program. You're a grifter. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live. This portion of the program, folks, is brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies. Stop in and see our friend, the defender of the faith, John Francis. Firearms, ammunition, stop in and see him. He's located 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Call him at 727-1716. Stop in and see him. Firearms, ammunition. We talk to him each week. Competition Shooting Supplies. Exit 2A. Off of 95, the last exit, Rhode Island, you go past the Attleboro train station, and then you'll come to the intersection of Newport Avenue and Benefit Street. He'll also buy your used firearms, or you can sell them on consignment. Competition shooting supply. Stop in and see our friend John Francis today. Well, folks, good afternoon. Here I am. It is Juan. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Now, don't forget, visit the website, depetro.com And one of the sponsors, we have different sponsors there. One of them, do you need a handyman? Do you need your deck stained? Or do you need maybe some light painting? You need Jay Freitas Construction. Get a hold of Jamie. You can reach him right at the website or call him at 837-4545. Link right through. You know, a handyman, last year, a lot of people didn't have people into your home because you were afraid of COVID. And I get that. But now here it is a year later. And we know much more. And so many people have gotten the vaccine. So maybe you need some interior painting or some handyman services done. Something that's working properly. Contact Jamie. He is your handyman at J. Freitas Construction. The link is right at the website, depetro.com. You can call him at 837-4545, 837-4545. So for this week, folks, the um, uh, I, 
I'm not sure. No, maybe they are in session next week. I'm thinking the General Assembly is going to be in session. Uh, they're going to take their break, April break. Uh, I guess that's a little bit later into the month. But what's going on with the voting is uh, is wildly important. And the Secretary of State from Alabama that we had, they're having elections. You know, I don't believe uh, this whole business that here in Rhode Island, Nellie Gorbia tries to say that you don't have access, the media doesn't have access to the voter rolls that are bloated. Nellie Gobia says, oh yeah, there's all these people that are floating around in society that don't have a legal ID. That That's ludicrous. There's nowhere. They, they give them out free. If you don't have uh, a legal ID, you can't open a bank account. You can't drive. To, to On top of that, for them to infer that black people, people of color, African-Americans are unable, they don't know how to get a legal ID. It's beyond insulting. I mean, it really is. But to say that there are all, it's it's a complete lie. If you have, and then they go up here try to say, well, there are some older people and they never drove. And they, listen, you can't get health insurance without an ID. You can't go to the doctor without an ID. You can't have a bank account without an ID. You can't rent or take a job. You can't rent a cold third floor cold water flat in Oneyville without a form of identification. It's ludicrous. The homeless people all have IDs. If you don't have an ID and you're stopped by the police, boom, they take you get taken down to the police police station. You have to be able to present an ID. So this business that people should be able to vote without an ID, oh, you know, they just never got around to getting an ID. That that is complete fairy tale. What is this uh, story I'm seeing on Channel 10? Businesses struggle to fill open jobs. Uh, Mark Finn posted job openings for his East Greenwich restaurant. Every available place, there's still little to no people applying for the positions. No response at all. Trying to think of other ways to hire people. It's almost impossible. As restrictions lift, businesses prepare for a busy summer. Effects of a uh, staff shortage. That's at Finn Harborside. Um, are proven to be problematic. Well, the problem is because the Biden people said they're going to pay people $300 a week through the summer. So then people don't want to go into those types of jobs. There's the problem. I mean, if people say uh, you could you could either work or if you stay home and collect, you make a little bit less money, a little bit less money. By st- but people would say, forget it then. I'll just stay home. I mean, that that makes sense. So, of course, it's going to be difficult to get people in. But those are, you know, and I also never understood with the, the stimulus where they were then where they were then lifting. Uh, suddenly, people didn't have to pay their rent. Why would people not have to pay their rent? You were getting people were being given extra money. And then not only were they the, the extra money they were receiving should have gone towards their rent. Instead, landlords were being told, you know, no, 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 you can't, you can't, uh, you can't collect in that way. No, you can't collect their rent. No, these people with the pandemic and things are are down and people just don't have money. How is that fair? I I don't understand that. Not if you're going to then give the people the money. People are giving money. They, the money could have gone towards towards rent. Instead, it went to drugs and booze and, uh, you know, new cell phones. And and it was the summer off, basically. So, but I, I, I've never understood that. No one's been able to explain it to me. You know, folks, another story. All we keep hearing about is this, the white supremacy. If you notice, and if you, those of you who follow me on Twitter, it's John DePietro Show on Twitter. And again, good afternoon at 1255. Here I am at Iswan. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. Um, have you noticed the attacks in New York? The last four, five people that they have a video of and they're trying to find? I'll just say this. They're not white. This business of white supremacy. And, you know, it's this uh, white racist. And that's what's driving it towards the Asian hate and blah, blah, blah. Well, follow me on Twitter. I'm posting some of it on Facebook. I don't see it. 
I don't see it. I don't know what they're talking about. Everybody that that I'm seeing the video of, uh, they happen to be they're non-white. They're either black or Hispanic. And I lived in New York City for 10 years. There was terrible animosity between the Korean delis, the Asian community, and the black community. There just was. There was always problems. And there were fights. And the uh, African-Americans used to complain the way that if you went into a Korean deli, they'd boom, slap the change down on the counter. But they did it for everybody, I think. I don't remember. I think sometimes they handed it to me. Other times they just put it on the counter. But somehow this narrative that it's it's white supremacy and this animosity towards the Asian community, it just it doesn't fit reality. The reality is, if you look at the video, there was a guy punched out. On the New York subway uh, yesterday, he was an Asian man, and the person that did it was black. And then a woman who was attacked on Sunday morning, the guy that attacked her was black. And then the, right now they're looking for someone. There was another attack that he punched someone on the subway, and he's black. So, folks, I want to remind you of R.E. Coogan and Heating. Now, someone on Facebook said, does anyone know a plumbing service? And I said, contact R.E. Coogan and Heating. And she called them at 732-6562. Plumbing, heating, and cooling. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. R.E. Coogan and Heating. As Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Plumbing, heating, and cooling. They do the job efficiently, effectively. They are excellent on service, helpful, trustworthy, reliable. R.E. Coogan and Heating, plumbing, heating, and cooling. Look for them on Facebook, and the website is recooganheating.com, or call them at 732-6562, 732-6562. Call Coogie. As he says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro. Now, again, the next COVID briefing is coming up on Thursday. If I can help you in some way, there are more appointments available. Anyone that wants to get a vaccine. This morning, CVS posted more available. Walgreens is posting more available. As I've told you, this week, next week, there are more appointments being made available. But if I can help you in any way, if you're having a problem trying to get an appointment, please go to the website and contact me, which is depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com, which is brought to you, by the way, Allstate Lock. I still encourage people, protect yourself, protect your family, your business. Have Allstate Lock. Have Danny Gruslin set up some security cameras for your home or business. Their website is allstatelock.com or call them at 349-0042. But again, it's a direct, easy link Right at the website, depetro.com. And also, we will be covering, I'll tell you, yesterday, as bad as that uh, George Floyd, Derek Chauvin trial is, and it was bad yesterday, it was, um, his attorney did very well this morning, the attorney for Derek Chauvin. Uh, Again, folks, listen, I I don't know what's going to happen. I know that people are fearful, with good reason, that if they come back with a not guilty verdict, that all hell is going to break loose. I think that threat is real. But I, I, we have a long way to go. I think they're going to have a tough time proving murder. That's my prediction. No one is defending the police officer. I think they're going to have a tough time uh, proving murder in the case. I do. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Next hour is radio only, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, debitro.com. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news, and then the power hour is next. Leave it right here. A lot more ahead with the John DePietro Show.